Good afternoon, and welcome to Free to Be Faithful. I'm moderator Kip Allen. Free to Be Faithful is a religious liberty education and awareness program created by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, in response to increasing governmental incursions into religious life. People of faith and our institutions have come under increasing attack in recent years from secular sources. Recently, a Pennsylvania state representative chose to harass teenage girls and older women praying in front of an abortion facility. The politician even posted a video of himself berating those who were praying, calling them racist and questioning their faith. What he didn't expect was the response. I speak with Alison Centofonte of Live Action about what happened next. I'm free to be faithful moderator Kip Allen. Recently, a Pennsylvania state representative recorded himself bullying teenage girls and women in front of of an abortion clinic. The women and the teens were praying to end that that hideous practice. And then he actually posted his bullying video. I don't think he expected what happened next. I have on the line Allison Santafonte from Live Action. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, this is a delight indeed. I love the irony of the situation. I don't think that uh, Mr. Brian Sims, that's the gentleman... I use that word advisedly, uh, who's the state representative, who did indeed harass these teen girls and women. What happened? Well, it was amazing to see the turnout and response. Representative Brian Sims, as you said, verbally accosted an elderly woman, a mother, and three teenage girls that were 13, 15 years old, and he made fun of them for being outside of a Planned Parenthood clinic. They were praying, they were praying the rosary, they were praying for these, trying to offer support and counsel for women, and he took it upon himself to go out there, to take a selfie video, and make fun of them, calling them racist, telling her she was an old white woman, um, essentially just bullying pro-lifers for their peaceful, you know, prayerful witness. He was also and, offering money to dox the kids, wasn't he? Yes. Yes, he offered $100 to anyone that would identify these teenage girls and put their name and their addresses publicly. That's called doxing someone, and that's what he wanted, which only, as you can imagine, leads to more harassment and potential violence. Very scary. I mean, Representative Sims is a former college quarterback. He's a big guy. He's a lawyer. He's an elected representative. He knows better, and he knew what kind of intimidating presence he was being to these girls. But they didn't back down. You know, they didn't stop their prayerful witness, and we wanted to encourage them not to stop. So live action, Lila Rose, Matt Walsh, Abby Johnson got together and said, look, we're going to go to Philadelphia. We're going to show up at the same place representatives and bullied these women and unite together against bullying and against abortion um, for our, our ability to freely protest this great human rights abuse. And that's what we did on Friday, Kip. We showed up Philadelphia, and over a 1,000 people joined us, uh, local Philadelphia people, Pennsylvania folks. I know people who came from, flew in from Texas. They flew in from California to say, look, we will not back down by a bully. We were, are going to continue to speak out peacefully, prayerfully, lovingly against abortion and try all we can to help women and children from the deception that happens inside Planned Parenthood. So I'm really proud of the pro-life movement. I'm really proud of the way we showed love. 
Um, that rally kit was not angry. It wasn't even really focused on Representative Sims. It mostly focused on what kind of abuse happens inside the abortion facilities, the better options for women. We even had a woman share her post-abortion story and, and why she dedicated her life to this. And then the secondary message was Representative Sims needs to resign. He's a step down. and He's not fit for office if this is the way he treats people. And he was uh, given an opportunity to appear at this rally, wasn't he? He was actually invited to speak. He was invited to come. Um, I hope he came. We did not see him. There was no interactions with him. But, you know, in my heart of hearts, I hope that he came or maybe he watched online and he heard something that changed his mind. Because as pro-lifers, we know that every single person has human value and worth. Now, representative Sims' behavior is despicable. It is not fit for public office. But he's still a human being with value and worth, and the pro-life movement knows that. And so I hope he heard that. And realize that he was given this amazing chance at life and all we're asking is that he give that chance to others and so um no he did not come he did not speak but the, the christian in me really hopes that he heard something whether in person or online that changes his mind on abortion well, over and above a thousand pro-lifers showing up in response to his actions, which I'm sure he did not anticipate. Another unanticipated action was that the father of the teens who were harassed set up a GoFundMe for uh, for a local pro-life organization and raised yeah. one hundred thousand dollars. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> so uh, yeah, the the mom and dad of the three girls. I got to speak with the mom, Ashley Direct. She's a wonderful. She spoke at the rally. They set up a GoFundMe account, you know, which is cool, not for their daughters, not for their daughter's college fund, but for the Greater Pro-Life Union of Philadelphia, which is like an umbrella group in Philly that helps coordinate coordinates these kind of events and does a lot of outreach and support. Um, and they raised over $100,000 in just under a couple of days. And to this rally as well was just under a couple of days. So this story picked up a lot of speed um, after Live Action News shared it. And, and showed the video, and it just triggered something in people to say, like, this is not right. But, again, good will come out of these, what people plan for evil. I mean, he thought this will make these girls back down, shut up, and go away. And instead, it raised over $100,000 for the pro-life movement. You had 1,000 people show up, meet each other, be encouraged, learn how to sidewalk counsel. Um, a lot of good came from, from representatives trying to do something really mean. Also, it turns out that what he may have, uh, the harassment that he uh, he did may actually have been illegal. My understanding is that uh, the attorney general has been asked to investigate it, the DA has been asked to investigate it, and the Philadelphia Police Department as well. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. They're looking into what he did. And that's for their, you know, their state and city laws, but... We also have an issue with Twitter and Periscope right now. Periscope is the video platform that he shared it on. And Twitter, they have clear anti-bullying policies, but they have yet to take down the video. They did nothing to condemn the video. Um, so that's a problem, right? This is a state representative bullying and harassing and yelling racist comments at these women. So that raises other, other questions. And lastly, Kip, no Democrat has condemned his behavior. Not a single Democrat presidential candidate. Anyone has come forward and said, look, this is not the way to go about it. Planned Parenthood did not condemn Representative Sims' um, behavior. They still call him a champion of their cause. So I hope this wakes up people to realize that, you know, 
there's one side of this that's starting to get really violent, really aggressive, but it's not going to change it. The pro-life movement is going to stay winsome and loving and peaceful and funny and real and honest, um, honest about what this looks like for women and children and, um, and, and do all we can, but it's going to remain peaceful. The other side, the aggression is ramping up. It's not just representative then. We are seeing increased acts of aggression against pro-lifers on college campuses, uh, pro-life leadership, even images like Kristen Hawkins of Students for Life. Her image on a poster was burned. This is not okay, and it's not how we have civil discourse in this country. So I just encourage pro-lifers to continue speaking up, to continue making clear that we are the nonviolent, loving side of this, um, and, and kind of take these battles realizing that, you know, when you're over the target is when, when shots are fired. And right now shots are being fired by even elected representatives, you know, um, at our, our mission. And just to remain loving and winsome, these women, the women on the video of Representative Sims' video and the mom did a great job not engaging, peacefully explaining why they're there. And that is what's going to change history and change mine. Well, one thing I've seen recently, a recent trend that uh, gives me some encouragement is that when these incidents occur, pro-lifers are now starting to file charges against these people. There's, there's consequences yes. to their actions. Correct. And that's been the case for a little bit. I think maybe now they're just connecting to each other and that's great resources. But absolutely, I worked for Alliance Defending Freedom, which is an amazing nonprofit who will ensure that you have your freedom of speech, both on the sidewalk or if you're doing sidewalk counseling, ADF works to make sure that you have that right uh, to do that in counsel women, or on college campuses. They have an amazing campus um, team that makes sure students can meet pro-lifers, can have pro-life speakers, they can have pro-life table displays, and, and share their pro-life message on campus. And there have been a number of incidents just recently I've, I've been seeing on the Internet where there was physical violence directed against pro-life people. And these wound up in, in court, not civil court, criminal court. Charges are being pressed against these people, criminal charges. Yeah. So maybe there's something happening there. Uh, one thing that I found ironic, again, is that uh, Representative Sims kept talking about how this was against women and and it was a, a horrible thing that they were doing. And yet this abortion clinic that he was defending has a dismal record as far as its health inspections mm -hmm. are concerned. <laughs> yeah. So, again, good can come out of, of what's meant for evil. Thanks to Representative Sims drawing attention to this Planned Parenthood in Philadelphia. The name of it is the Elizabeth Blackwell Center. And we started looking into it and found this condemning report from the Pennsylvania Department of Health that says that this is very important has just 13 out of its last 23 patient safety inspections. And it failed in part for things like failing to report suspected sexual abuse. That's a big deal. They failed for failing to properly dispose of aborted babies. That's huge. They failed for not um, treating the instruments that they use between women. Because, I mean, that's a big deal. Then we looked even further, Kevin, saw that they have also failed their building safety inspections. So these buildings are not up to par. And so if you want to check that out, it's on liveactionnews.org. You can just type in um, Pennsylvania Department of Health, Philadelphia Planned Parenthood, and you'll see this report. 
This is something that's outrageous. It's still up and running. It never closed, never closed its doors because of this to take time to deal with their problems. And our, our tax dollar money is still being funneled to this organization. Planned Parenthood receives $1.3 million every day of taxpayer funds. That's our money. And so we are propping up this broken, failing organization that's not looking out for women's safety or health. They're building that up to par. So that was, that again, we're drawing attention to. You're absolutely right. It was a disgusting facility. And it will remain that way because this is a dirty, deathly procedure that they're involved in. Money leads them, not safety. So it leads to poor, poor outcomes. I was reading another article today about uh, the Margaret Sanger Center in New York City. Operation Rescue has reported that uh, they are sending women to the hospital because of botched abortions that they perform about once every 12 days. Yes, yes, that thing. It's shocking. Once every, almost once, was that? once every two weeks, call 911. Absolutely incredible, and yet they, they tend to defend this. Also, Representative Sims, one of his election platforms, as I understand, was anti-bullying. <laughs> That's ironic, isn't it? It was anti-bullying, and yet he partakes in bullying of people that are trying to do the right thing. Told you don't care about women, you only care about the baby, but these sidewalk um, advocates who are out there, they're really saying, and ma'am, is there anything I can do to help you? You know, I want to connect you to, to resources. We've come together as a police movement to make sure that we can get these resources to women, um, whether that's financial, physical. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just emotional support. Sometimes it's a, a figuring out an adoption plan or a parenting plan, just having someone that walks with you through that. The data shows that in post-supportive women, if they had one person that was willing to walk with them, they would have chosen differently, and that's what these women want to be. That is their heart. Women and men, I should say. That's their heart. They want to be that one person that someone needs, and so that's what they're doing out there. That's all they're doing. They're trying to be that one person, and they shouldn't be bullied by anyone, nonetheless, a state representative. Well, one of the accusations he was hurling at, at, the, at the women, and it's one I've heard repeatedly by pro-abortion people, is, well, what do you do for the kids who are born? You, how many have you clothed? How many have you fed? Well, the answer to that is quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's something that, that I am always amazed at, is that we're, especially with, uh, with the faith-based uh, foster care programs, and even though the crisis pregnancy centers do a great deal to help with the uh, newborn, to help with those who are in need, and yet they ignore that. Yeah, we, you're totally right. These, and I like to call them unplanned pregnancy centers because, look, it's not a crisis. This is not, we have to reframe this. It's not a crisis pregnancy center. This, pregnancy is not a crisis. Pregnancy is a blessing. And we've got to use words that help women see that, right? So it's an unplanned pregnancy, but we can deal with that. You're not the first and you're not the last to find yourself in this situation. And I've had to think, every person has to think, what would it take for me to choose life? if I found myself in similar situations, right? What would it take? And for me, Kip, it would take someone just taking me by the shoulders and saying, Allison, can you do the next nine months so someone else could have 90 years? Can you do that? Can I help you do that? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of dirty looks and judgment? 
Well, guess what? You're a female. You're probably going to get dirty looks and judgment for other things. <laughs> you know? It, it's for the way you walk or dress or talk or something. So that's going to come. Let, let, let's write that one away. What else do you say? That? Your family's response? Okay. Well, you know what? It's time for your family to step up and support you. And I'm going to call on them to do that with you. We're going to invite them to celebrate this with you. And if they don't, so be it. We're going to do it together. You know, what else are you afraid of? And just to really address what those fears are point by point to a place of comfort and security. It's getting past that shock. And this is only coming from speaking with so many post-abortive women and, and also women of chosen life of what worked for them to take this from this big crisis, my life is ruined moment, down to, okay, this isn't exactly what I had planned, but this is beautiful and an adventure and going to be great. And these moms who choose life say, look, I now have a best friend. I had a life where I didn't know what was next, and now I know. Now I have someone to live for that lives for me, and, and it's been this amazing, beautiful adventure. So what will it take for us as a pro-life community to step in and say, can you do the next nine months so someone else can have 90 years of life? And I can say that I've been the beneficiary of that. Tip, you have probably been the beneficiary of that. We don't know these situations that our parents were in, our grandparents were in, um, but they chose life amidst the struggles of the day. My own grandmother on my dad's side actually ended up leaving my dad in a hotel room as a baby. But my dad still thanked her for choosing life and leaving him somewhere that she knew he would be found. You know, that's the moment. That's when you realize this, this abortion debate affects us all. And these women chose life. Now, I'm not saying anyone should leave their child in a hotel room. No way. But my grandmother clearly felt alone. She felt unsupported, and I don't want any woman to feel like that. I want them to have people to turn to, and they should know that it's us. We are the first people that they can turn to and find support and not feel alone. Something else I've noticed is that the uh, pro-abortion side seems to be digging in their heels pretty uh, pretty staunchly. Uh, we've seen radical new laws go into effect, for example, in New York and other states where abortion now is permitted up until the moment of birth and perhaps even later. Uh, other things that we have seen is, uh, for example, in the city of Philadelphia, where they've decided that they no longer want to work with faith-based adoption agencies. So they just throw these kids back into the system. It's, it's, it's frightening. And uh, yeah, it seems to me that the battle is intensifying. Do you see that as well? I do. I think people are waking up to the reality of how active, you know, folks have been with a different ideology on the life issue. So, so many times I hear like, well, I'm pro-life, but I don't want to get political. Um, okay, that's fine. Well, but you have to realize that the people who are pro-abortion are political. They are getting involved in politics, right? So their ideology is driving them to action um, in every realm, whether that's cultural, political, church, and we need to be doing the same, even at school. So think about it that way and how ideology does affect everything that you do. And the prohibition side is not limited, has not let that limit them. So we shouldn't do that either. And you're right. There are a very radical laws being considered the closer and closer we get to um, potentially overturning Roe v. Wade. Because the reality is this. When Roe v. Wade is overturned, this will be sent back to the states to consider. So you'll see some states, like New York, say, well, we're for abortion through all nine months. And then you're going to see some more conservative states, like Texas, 
who are working even now to say, no, we don't want this in our state. So this battle will continue, and, and maybe even in a more heated way, on a state level. So that's why the time is, is urgent now. If you have questions about this, go check out what, what Live Action News and other great pro-life organizations have written. We, are, we have tons of resources to equip you to be able to speak on this, to family, to your school, to your Bible study, and, and educate and advocate for the preborn child and others. So find out what this abortion procedure entails. You can go to abortionprocedures.com and you can see medically animated videos done by an OBGYN who committed over 1,500 abortions showing you what the reality is. If we're going to talk about this, we better know what's taking place. So that's the one thing. And then secondly, just getting involved, whether that's on a local level or online or with a local group. The other side is doing that well, so we need to be a part of those conversations. I encourage you, if you've never been invited to step into leadership, please step into leadership. Get involved on a local level in some way that you, maybe that's PTA or city council or um, starting your own pro-life organization or club. You're invited to do that. I think that we're going to see this as a uh, much stronger issue in the 2020 election than it's been in the past. You know, traditionally there's been the Republicans pro-life, Democrats pro-abortion, although both sides have fudged it. Now they're hardening every single candidate who is running for the Democratic platform, is ardently pro-abortion and pro-public funding of it. Where the current president has been staunch in his support of pro-life, much more so than any other president, at least that I can recall. So I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a very central issue coming up in 2020. Absolutely, and we have to make sure that absolutely. Like you said, right now, not one single presidential candidate on the Democrat side has got deviated in any way from the party line, which is abortion through all men for any reason at the taxpayer dollar. That should outweigh us all. And the, the data shows that it is. The largest swing group right now is people under 40 and young Democrats are actually becoming much more pro-life as they realize just how far the Democrat party has gone and that they have no thoughtful discussions about this, about this issue. It's abortion through all any reason, and that's where they stand. So I'm eager to see if any candidate changes or has any, you know, changes in deviation in the as of yet. Not at all. They're all, they're all lost except with that radical extreme that they believe. Well, I suspect the uh, this issue may follow Representative Sims as well in his upcoming election. Absolutely. We'll be following it, too. That will be a very interesting race to follow, even here in Missouri. What's coming up next for live action? This was a wonderful response that was done at this bullying episode. But you know that it's going to happen again and again and mm-hmm. again. What is live action and what are the other uh, pro-life groups going to do in response? Absolutely. It doesn't end here. So we're going to keep educating, keep activating people to get involved. I think that the Muslims woke up at this and in Philadelphia. So I'm excited to see what Philly does to show up and say, look, you don't get to bully us anymore. There's going to be talks on a local level there about what we can do to ensure that that happens and that we get better representatives in place. Um, but live action is excited. We've got a new line of videos coming out to answer some of the hard questions on abortion. Um, it's essentially a pro-life 101 apologetic training. So you can watch these videos, come out and know how to answer the tough 
tough questions of rape, incest, abuse. Let's talk about that. When does the life begin? When does medical science say the life begin? Uh, you know, and so that's something that just, I think this is the next. So keep an eye out on liveaction.org for that. We're going to keep educating, activating, and our call is to end abortion. We're going to work ourselves out of a job kit so that we can be better as a society and not since this great humanized abuse in our, in our country and across the world. One fear that I have, I've watched a number of these videos where pro-life people have been physically assaulted by uh, pro-abortion people. And so far, so far, the pro-life people have not responded in kind, even in self-defense. I'm wondering if this is going to, to last. I have visions of, uh, of a pro-abortion person getting floored after they come up and slap a pro-life demonstrator. Hasn't happened yet, but I think it's just a matter of time. And that, frank, frankly, frightens me a little. Yeah, no, but here's the thing. What's great about that is I don't think it's going to happen. These pro-lifers from the beginning to the end are nonviolent. They are loving. Every training that I've ever sat in on a sidewalk advocate, on campus outreach, students for life does a great job of this. Sidewalk advocates for us, 40 days for us, teach everyone not to engage. Think back to the civil rights movement. When Martin Luther King Jr. knew that he would face violence for standing up for people who were not considered people. That was black people then. Right now, it's pre-born people. And they trained for sitting. They knew they would be sat at. They knew that they would face that violence. But yet they chose to remain calm and loving in the face of that. And that kit showed the love of, of their movement. And it, it created a humanity and a sense of sympathy for them because it showed their humanity. They wouldn't engage. And so we, we do the same thing. Um, and we would condemn anyone. That any pro-lifer that acts out in violence, that is not what we are about. We, we respond in time because we know hurting people hurt people. And that's what we're seeing right now on video, on campuses. And we need to turn the other cheek and continue to do the right thing. Well, I hope that's what's going to happen. I was watching this one video in particular where this, uh, in a college campus where this one woman came up screamed uh, imprecations at the uh, at, at the gentleman who's holding up his sign, and then walked up to him and punched him five times in the face. I kept putting myself in that position. Would I have been willing to step back and be struck repeatedly like that? I know Jesus would have, but <laughs> I, maybe I'm not that good of a Christian. Well, I'll pray for you, Kip. I think you would have done fine, and then... And... You know, I think in those moments, God gives amazing grace um, and compassion for people who are really hurting. So, it is violent. I saw that video as well. Um, and I hope that woman faces charges for the violence that she has committed. But it shows the world that we don't, we don't respond in the same way. Um, and you're right. It's amazing to see the heart of people in those moments of, of, of violence, to not respond, to turn the other cheek. And, um, and her they're not out there to engage in that way. They're out there to advocate for the pre-born. Yeah, and the man that she attacked filed charges, and she has been cited. So we'll see what happens mm-hmm. there. Allison, mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much for joining the program and shedding some light on this. And certainly your organization is doing what the title of this program is, Free to be Faithful. And you have shown that with exercising that freedom can actually do. And I want to thank you mm-hmm. and thank your supporters. Thank you. You've been listening to Free to be Faithful, produced by Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for listening and supporting Free to be Faithful on Worldwide KFUO.